Today's episode is a co-production with the podcast Welcome to L.A. It also features very explicit descriptions of sex. When I was a kid, when I was young, actually my dad took us to see the movie Torah, Torah, Torah. That was the call that the Japanese had on uh, December 7th, 1941, I think it was, when they were coming in to Pearl Harbor. Torah, Torah, Torah. I was 10. My dad, weeks before I came out, was talking about it. And I was excited about it because my dad was excited about it. We went to Groman's Chinese Theater. I was blown away. Since then, we would go to every war movie. I saw Platoon. Platoon was a fantastic movie. It, it exemplifies uh, the spirit of patriotism in a very, very real, real way. You're in this hole with your friend. You're protecting your... Fr- it was that whole idea that was introduced to me, sealed the deal for me, you know, that was everything I was looking for. Very in awe of the military. Absolutely. From Radiotopia, you're listening to Love and Radio. I'm Nick Vanderkolk. Today's episode, The Recruiter, featuring Rob Navarro. I decided to do the Marine Corps because once I talked to a recruiter, he told me, like, we actually do the toughest shit. Whatever it takes, it takes. It's all about the mission. They're the toughest of the military that we have. When you're in war, you have to kill the enemy, and you know what? When it comes down to it in real life, I want to take as many as I can. I don't want to die. But at the end of the day, if I have to, to send my boys to the left and right, I'm going to do that. What they do, if you really, really think about what they do, is that they, they stand up for what's right. Many will hear the calling. The, the, the types of guys that I recruit. Few will earn the title. They don't have very many opportunities offered to them that are able to turn it around with the military. United States Marine. That's why I have this respect and this reverence for the Marines. Marines. We talked a lot about patriotism before, and I was wondering if you could talk about what patriotism means to you. And when you say you're patriotic for America, what does America mean to you? America means to me is opportunity. In every sense of the word, every sense of the word. And my dad heard about it in Ecuador, where he lived. He came out to America without us because he couldn't afford to take us. He was able to get a job right away. He was able to get visas for mom and ice right away. No formal education, none whatsoever. He worked hard, though. And that's what he loved about America, is that if you come here and you work hard, then you will get rewarded. He had a patriotism for the United States. To the T. When he first moved here, it was all about the U.S., the military, president of the United States. He was all about it. Everything's Uncle Sam. We were typical American kids. He gave us the American dream. I was going to a Seventh-day Adventist college, and I had a Christian rock band. At that time, drums and bass were really satanic. But I had them. You know, I was always rebellious. And I was singing my own Christian songs, and I had this concert. It was a rock concert. So it's controversial. And everyone in the school went. It's not a lot of people. 2000, I think, was our college. But it was a small college, but just about everyone went to this concert of mine. So that brought this uh, director of the group, the Heritage Singers. It's this choral group. They toured uh, worldwide, have been for 20-some-odd years. So you got your All religious songs, gospel songs. And they came up to me after the concert 
And they asked me up to Heritage Ranch, this big ranch in Placerville, huge ranch, to come up there for the weekend and give my testimony and sing a song at one of their concerts. Our special guest today is Fernando Quindy. Fernando, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you. This song is the very first song that I've ever written. <clears throat> ever written! Da, da, da. So it's very personal, it's very basic, it's very emotional, but... There's a story behind it. When I was uh, in college, I was 19. Here, just listen to it and see. Why don't you share with us your testimony? Well, it's been about almost three and a half years now since I've had Guillain-Barre syndrome. It was a muscle weakening disease that I had. I'd lost almost all my weight and was unable to walk. Are you growing sad and weary? I finally went to go see a neurologist in Los Angeles, California. Do you feel like giving in? Told me that all the nerves in my muscles and my entire body had died. Are the roads in life too narrow? There was no cure for the disease. It could very easily move to the muscles in my lungs. Are you buried under sin? I went home that night and closed myself off from the rest of the world, including God. That night, something happened that Don't give up. I think medically can't be explained. Jesus loves you anyway. Because I woke up the next day and I sat up. By the power in his blood. I stood up and I began to walk. Died for you. And I believe with all my heart that was a miracle of God. And he washed you clean from sin. In spite of the fact that I closed the door. Because Jesus loves you. He was still there outside. Cause it makes the loser what, what's going through your mind? <laughs> He's talking to me right now. It's weird. Purpose, meaning <clears throat> my life. You know, it's gone so many different directions. It's sometimes confusing. But, um... <laughs> I had God to rely on, so it helped. It makes you think that there is somebody, despite of everything that you know is going on with you, that is going to still wanna wanna pick you up. Yes, Jesus loves the loser. Oh, yes, Jesus loves the loser. So that night, the, the director came up to me, sat me down. He goes, you know, we'd like to have you join our group and be tenor. Would you like to sing tenor for, for the Heritage Singers? I said, sure. I didn't really know the potential of that at, at that beginning because I didn't know the group very, very well. I was into my Christian rock, and this was definitely not Christian rock. <laughs> this was, it was more uh, inspirational, gospel, good down-home you know, tenor, alto, bass. I mean, good stuff. Every day the journey when I perform, and I do this in my movies too, I exude this confidence and I go out there and I just do. And that's what I did. This is how a performer needs to be. So I'm going to sing, you know, and the singers had to raise their hand with the microphone, sing it to the Lord. I know we'll never have to with them for four and a half years. 22 countries worldwide. God, it's crazy just the, the things that I've seen and done with this group. This is probably one of the three top 20 hits I had on Christian radio back in the 90s. It's called uh, Road to Salvation. 
I wanted to become this Christian rock star is what I wanted to do. A lot of the songs that I that I wrote are crossover songs. There's songs that uh, you know you can be taken one way or another. So I really was doing things that a lot of the Christian groups at that time just weren't doing, and that is going the extreme. It was a look. It was a persona. It was it was an image. It commercializes what I what I call it. It went completely commercial. That was actually the beginning of my business life was when I became that Christian rock singer. <laughs> I would call the radio stations as another person and I would tell them to play Fernando's latest hit. And back then there was only like 15 reporting radio stations. So you had to convince 15 people to play your record. And I was able to do it as I did it as another person. So I would make these calls convinced these radio stations to chart my songs. I actually charted the records. 200,000 records, maybe, we sold. I'd launched my own independent label. I had a warehouse in Pasadena. I had a van. We were touring, and the label was doing good, and the dancers were getting paid really well, and people were playing our records. It was starting to grow. And all of a sudden now, my life shifted from Christian music to... Amigos, at El Torito, you don't just get any combos, you get ultimate combos. Like a cheese enchilada, a chicken burrito, a beef taco, all for just $7.99. But wait, amigos, there's more. You also get tortilla soup. And to top it off, fried ice cream. All this for just $7.99. So get the ultimate value on ultimate combos at El Torito. It's the ultimate. I was in my early 30s, so this was acting days, yeah. I did commercials and voiceovers. Así que ponte los Nike Cross Trainers. Puedes hacer desde your life with the Hyundai 10-year 100,000. 80 commercials. I think I got like 80 commercials. Progressive. ¿En qué puedo ayudarla? A new Big Five Sports Superstore. You know, you shoot one commercial. If it's a national, guess what? You get residuals for 13 weeks. It's the same thing we do at Nissan. And then if it's a big national, it's a beer commercial, then pff, forget it. Introducing Odul's Amber from Anheuser-Busch. You know, and I did a few of those. <laughs> I was the voice of Ronald McDonald in Spanish. They put me in, in one of those stupid suits and stuff. Yo aquí, Ronald McDonald, And so it was this whole sort of personified Spanish, but in a very, oh, this guy's smart. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's got depth to him. I would get five or six commercials in a year and I'd make $40,000 and I wouldn't have to worry too much. That gave me the liberty and the freedom to, to get crazy. I would go to auditions, and then I'd, I would go to happy hour at five. I was in West Hollywood two or three times a week. I mean, it, it was a flip switch. I was, I had dove into the whole lifestyle completely. Woo! <laughs> I flew out, flew out the closet like a kid in a candy store. I was definitely on a mission to conquest. It's just all about the sex and, and all these beautiful men. I got to have them all. There's not enough time. <laughs> I, I literally sometimes would think, damn, if I did one a day, that's 365 a year. It's going to take me a long time to do a thousand. I better step it up. You know, I need more than one. That's the, the, the craziness. It was bad. <laughs> it was bad. I dated Anderson Cooper. Yeah, I did Anderson Cooper like before he was Anderson Cooper, really. He was like 28. And he had long blonde hair, didn't have white hair yet. He had blonde hair. We met at the bar, he picks me up, we go back to his place, get intimate. I think it was more of a friends with benefits <clears throat> that eventually fizzled out because at that point I was on a mission, <clears throat> conquest mission. And I didn't know he was famous, so I, you know, I was like. Next. Throughout my relationships, and I'll be quite honest with you, um, I would be really into the relationships that I was into at first. And then you would kind of, this bliss would kind of uh, end or subside. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, you're having to still be sexually attracted to that person. It becomes difficult because you no longer look at them that way or in a sexual way or in a horny way. You kind of look at them now as in a loving way, in a caring way, in this and way. So, so I didn't have a – I was totally uh, effed up on, on, on those things. And so I would lose it right away and then I would want to go um, find it somewhere else. And so porno, of course, was the perfect solution. The first time I popped in a tape of Bobby Garcia, I was in a porn adult bookstore, and I discovered, I go into this back, and there's this wall of pictures of Marines, just hot Marines, and I'm like, whoa, you know? And there was this 40-some-year-old Filipino guy who was servicing these guys, and it just blew me away that this guy was with these beautiful, I couldn't understand it. This dude takes Marines, telling them that, you know, they're going to be auditioning for straight porn, He's interviewing one Marine. He's got four in the lobby. You can hear him in the background. Hey, Bobby, where's the beer, you know? You want a Pepsi Coke? No, fine. They all knew that they were auditioning for porn. They just didn't know that Bobby was going to handsy grabs them. And that it really wasn't any straight porn. It really was just a, a, a front. He has this kind of an accent. He talks like this in a, in a, in a Filipino accent. He goes, we're going to do a little interview here. That's what I like to do in interviews. If you do really well here, you know, I can get you uh, some beautiful pussy. You just need to show me that you can perform. You know, how many times can you come? Uh, that was a big question. How many times can you come? Oh, I don't know, you know, three or four. Oh, that's it? Well, how much time do you need in between? Five minutes, five, ten minutes, is that all you need? <laughs> they say, oh, yeah, that's all I need. Okay, good, 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 good. You're going to be a big star, big star. Okay, thank you. Cheers off. And so they get up, take their clothes off, they sit back into the bed. Take your underwear. And they spread out, and he goes, I want you to spread your legs, and I want you to make your cock look pretty and get it nice and big and hard. Make it nice and hard. You got to make it nice and hard. Like your cock is ready to go to war. You're very beautiful, and you have a very nice cock. Make your cock ready to kill somebody. Get it hard for the camera, tease the camera, think it's a girl, you know, and he would do all these things to get them hyped up. They're watching straight porn, straight pussy porn. I mean, it's... (laughs) Have fun. Just have fun. Okay, you're doing great. So they would start, and then he'd bring baby oil. (laughs) You like baby oil, or you don't like too much? Okay. So he had this bottle of baby oil and he'd bring the bottle of baby oil and he'd just squirt it all over the dude's cock and, and it's shiny dripping off his wiener and he's sitting there stroking it show me your cock and uh, sure enough show it to the camera these dudes would get hard you know you're doing great huh? just like that once they're hard then he would mosey his way on over there again and this time he'd be saying well we need to get a measurement just relax and give me some good Juicy hard cock. He started to stroke it a little to make sure it's hard. Outstanding. Outstanding. This is the way you have to stroke it. You have to stroke it like this. Like this. Show it to the camera. Okay. Good. Keep going the way you are. Pretty soon, the guy, you know, pretty soon Bobby's got his mouth on it. And a lot of juiciness. And the dude's like, doesn't even even know it's happening. He's still watching the porn. Bobby's going 100 miles an hour. And that's how they come. Once I saw Bobby Garcia and what he was doing, I was obsessed with that. I couldn't get over how beautiful these men were and how straight they were and how tough. And I mean, you don't want to get them pissed off. You don't want to get these guys pissed off. So to see them in that kind of a position was mind-boggling to me. I go, I want to have that. Whatever he's, I want to have that. I want to have that. I became so obsessed with these Marines that I would drive down to San Diego, Oceanside, probably three times a week. And I would go into Oceanside downtown, and there's this little part of town, there's an adult bookstore there, and there's a bar uh, across the street, Fridays and Saturday nights just packed with Marines. They're spilling out, you know, 1.30 in the morning, drunk as a, as a skunk, 
Marines are walking down the bookstore. They go because there's like there's there's movie booths back there. So you go in there and you get to see movies. They're drunk. So they go in there. I would be parked outside in front of the adult bookstore. I wouldn't go to the bar. I'd go in front of the bookstore. And I would just stand there making sure that the guys that went into the back, I was able to talk to as they were coming out. I said, you know, do you want a blowjob? You know, they would be... They, that was the first thing you said. You just walk up to someone like, do you want yeah. a blowjob? Yeah, do you want a blowjob? Some of them, of course, they would say, get the fuck out of here with you faggy. But... And you didn't present as a fellow Marine. You wouldn't have like a Marine haircut. No, oh, no, no, no. I, I was making no, no insinuations that I was military whatsoever. I was just there to service that dude. And he would go back there. He would go into the booth. I would follow him a few minutes later. And I would blow him right there while he watched the porn. I was getting more no's than yeses, but I was beginning to realize that these guys, you know, if you just talk to them, if you come at them evenly and square, then they appreciate that, especially the Marines. They're the grunts. They're the devil dogs. They're the... So they'll kick your ass. But the interesting thing about that is a Marine, you know, will give his life for the guy next to him. That's his pal, his comrade, his buddy. I realized that if I got that same kind of camaraderie and respect from the Marine, guess what? He's, he's, open to do, he's open to do things. I did that for, for almost a year. And that was so easy because the online thing made it really easy to meet these guys now. Craigslist, ooh, man. And I'd say, hey, I'm a straight, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a straight guy, but I'll suck your dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'll suck your dick and I'll give you a hundred bucks. So, you know, if you're interested, here's my number. And I would get calls back. And then, you know, of course I get all kinds of rejections. And I thought, oh, okay, well, let's just soften the blow, put a girl chick in front of it. And I'll just, and so next I would say, hey, baby, <laughs> you know, hey, baby. Me and my boyfriend are looking for a third, and I love watching guys with other guys. It turns me on like you wouldn't believe. So we really want a guy that's serious, but every guy that we keep getting over here chickens out and only wants to do me and doesn't want to do him. And we can't have that. We need someone that's going to do something with him. Okay? So if we can work that out, then you can have me. And they went for it. They went for it. She never was there. She never reappeared. She never materialized. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was terrible. Uh, but the interesting thing is they would call back themselves wanting to come back, even if there's no girl. They figured out what happened, and they just didn't care because the money was good and the head was good. Even out of his uniform, you can always tell when he's a Marine. Because they're corn-fed dudes from the Midwest. They don't, they're not from California. They don't know, you know, style. It's the conservative look in the shaved head, you know, the high and tight. Nice and clean and the little top, me half inch up. It's in ripped muscles, tattoos, the farmer's tan. It's in hair in the right places. A woman flows soft movement. And with the man, it's just, it's, it's, it's tough. Like a, a soldier, you know, beautiful, beautiful soldier. And then, you know, they don't say much. Yeah, 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 suck my dick, man. Yeah, this whole, it's, it's a very machoistic persona. I love it. They're grunts, you know. Is dumb hot? Dumb is always hot. Are you kidding? Because dumb, dumb works out at the gym. <laughs> dumb has muscles. Dumb looks like, you know, cute little farm boy, you know, that, oh, yeah, yeah. Easy to manipulate. Very easy to manipulate. 
I mean, I negotiated great prices with these guys. I became confident in my ability to talk to these guys and to be able to get them to do that. So I go, why not take it to the internet? The name of my website is militaryclassified.com. In a matter of a year, I had a 5,000 membership, $29.95 a month per person. So multiply that by 5,000. And that's what I was getting every month. Very low overhead, extremely low overhead. So it's my 15th year online. I've been online since 2004. It's become a brand. We're number one in our um, genre, and we're number six in the world in porn, gay porn. All right, so we're going to watch a video. Let's go to the website. Okay, this guy is totally a, a looker. Way back on It's a there. grower, not a shower. And he's got a weird teeth, too, yeah. kind of, but just, I don't know, I found him very sexy. He's totally glued in to the porn there. That is that look of just, like, <laughs> it makes me so uncomfortable to see that. It's just like that poor guy. See, and you know why? Because now he's hard. And he's like, why am I hard? He looks freaked out. Yes. He's afraid to look down. <laughs> it's funny. So he's like, God, people don't do this to my wiener. I, I got to look down. No, no, I won't. No, I won't. Steadfast Marine. <laughs> but that's it. You know, I mean, these guys, that, 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 that's what attracted me to these guys. Discomfort. It's, it's because, they were, because I placed them in such a, a place, a very confident Masculine, macho, straight marine in a very vulnerable position of, uh, of where I'm in control and they're uncomfortable and confused by why, you know, why, why am I coming so hard? You know, it's like, and he is trying so hard not to show that he came, but he came already, he just came. Now he's like, whoa, look at his face. Whoa, that was an orgasm. I mean, look at him. This guy, he did two movies just like that where he would freak out and have that stare through the whole thing, and then at the end just snap out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just ask you why you always wear a baseball cap in the movies? I think I always wanted to also evoke a macho, masculine personality towards the guys because I didn't want them to think of me as weak. I want, I want them to take me seriously. How do you find the men? Uh, today, many sources. I search them out in dirty places where people go to meet. So I was on this dating site called Scout. And, uh, and I found this site, and it's known as sexyjobs.com. I was looking for women initially. And I created my profile, put some good pictures on there. He, he texted me. We started talking, just talking about things. And- Do you want to make money in porn? Question mark in caps, bold. And then I was like, well, I'm a business guy. He's a business guy. I enticed them with uh, $300. If you come in here, whether you're hired or not, you're going to make $300. All you got to do is match the photo you sent. I've got the energy, the stamina, and I was like, you know what, with all this, let me try to put this to work. But you do not work with women. You never work with women. That is why you're being offered a grand, dude. Any straight guys that want to make money. I don't need straight guys that want to get laid. If you want to get laid, then fine. This is not the, this is not your deal for you. And I was like, fuck. Is this really what I want to do? Because I just wanted to do straight adult videos. Me, with a girl, that's it. And I was like, okay, well, I think I can do that. I fit the profile. I could use a little extra money. So why not just try it? I'm straight, but I wanted to experience it. I'm not really afraid to do it. I'm open, and then plus, I wanted to make some extra, you know, stash on the side. So I didn't see why not. I didn't see why not. 
did I ever think I would do gay for pay? No, I never once even considered it. Uh, I'm straight, but I can bend a little bit for the right price. But just a little bit, so. I went in, had a few drinks, because I just wanted to be in the mood. I always have the porn playing already. Straight porn. Because I want them relaxing. I found the videos that I could use. I found my favorite porn star, Rachel Sturr. I actually want to make a film with her one day, hopefully. But Once they're relaxed, then I can be more uh, persuasive. I played with myself. Rob took pictures, turned around, bent over. He took more pictures, all with clothes, without clothes, with a T-shirt, with just trousers, with just underwear. So... I sit them down. Sat down on a couch. I start asking them questions that are very simple. What, what's your age, your height, and your weight? So I'm 23 years old. I'm 5'9". Very good. I weigh 180 pounds. But then I get into the girls, and I start to ask them about so what type of types of like? girls they like. Thick girls. Thick girls. Okay, thick girls. all right. So thick booty girls. What's your thick favorite booty. sexual position? Usually I like missionary. I'm destroying that pussy, and I yeah, can yeah, look yeah. her eyes and her face and see yeah, how she reacts. How old were you when you lost your virginity? I was a 21-year-old man when I lost my virginity. Uh, what's the weirdest place you've jacked off? Is there a fantasy that you haven't done that you'd like to do? How many notches on your bedpost? Are you single digits, double digits, three digits? How many have you been? And it loosens them up. The viewers want to kind of know a little bit about the straight guy and, and how, he, how he ticks, I guess. I've been told that, hey, you know, if you do it from behind, it actually goes deeper. And I was like, I thought, I thought, fucking missionary comes to take another one. It does, but on the side, there's nothing to prevent it. told me, I just want you to sit, play with yourself a little bit, and I'm going to start, you know, playing with your dick. I literally get on my knees and walk my way on my knees to him. It's almost kind of in a submissive, uh, in a submissive way, in a very uh, reverent way. Give me a hand job, blow job for quite some time because it took a while for me to, you know, finish. I notice that sometimes a model... Uh, when he's really nervous, would we'll just stare at the porn. Then he'd look down, and if he saw me looking at him, he'd get really nervous and weird, and he'd look, he'd look up me, and then he'd look back up, and then he'd act weird, and then I'm like, okay, I made them uncomfortable. And so I look away, and then my head be away. Then I close my eyes when I do it, and I don't look at him. What was going through your mind when he was going down on you? Honestly, not a lot. I was just, because I was just watching porn, and I liked it they would begin to lose themselves because I was, I was relentless. If you're giving blowjobs year after year after year, you develop your skills, you hone, them, you hone in on them. Rob's blowjobs, as compared to most other women, he really does put in an all-out effort. I go into the regions below the base of the wiener all the way down to where your booty is, to where your butthole is. It's like I go this, to, to this complete... <laughs> from bottom to top. His head disappeared. And I don't miss a spot. And reappeared. It took him forever to make me tell him not because he wasn't skilled, just because I'm naturally a long-lasting person. Uh, I'd have to say he is up there with probably the top two or three um, blowjobbers I've ever encountered. And it goes faster and faster and faster. And pretty soon the guy gives me, I'm about to come. And all my cameras are angled correctly for the, for the money shot. Whammo. The problem I've had so far is, you know, like finishing. And so I need to work a little bit on that because I'm barely, you know, producing the sperm, the cum. A lot. Quantity is great. <laughs> so prepare, I tell them. I try not to jack off. I try not to have sex. You know, build up some cum, drink whatever I need to drink, like orange juice, make it more wider and stronger. And so, like, when I shoot out, the camera should be able to catch and see a good amount of cum, and people should be able to see it. Because that's what guys want to see. That's the, come on, it's the epitome of masculinity. Ugh, he's able to nail that sucker five times. Boom, 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 boom. Five gushers. Hard to do. Marine can do it. Marine can do it. And I'm looking forward to a big one next time. I don't know what it is yet, and I can't tell you yet, but he says it's going to be a big one, so we'll see. He's told me to be very prepared. I want Rob to actually be satisfied 
with my performance. Are you willing to go beyond just blowjobs? To go beyond blowjobs. Blowjobs will go between six and eight hundred, uh, and the anal scenes go from eight to a thousand. In rare instances, I've paid more than that, but it's all based on performance. I've been doing it for over a year now, so we've been progressively going up a little bit increments in the pay scale, and that's really what keeps me doing it. The last time I shot. I got a thousand dollars. This time, it's going to be slightly higher. And so they just keep saying yes, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're fucking me. <laughs> We've gone from a solo to a hand job to a blow job to the anal. The last time I had to lick his his uh, ass, and that wasn't something that was easy. It's still not going to be easy. <laughs> I don't do that. That was the first time. And, and it's this progression that I put them through. And each time I'm raising the, the ante, and so it's easy for them just to say yes, even if they've never done it ever before, which is the case in, with a few of them. Today's is going to be something I'm going to need the blindfold for just because it's something I never thought I would do. And can you tell me what it is? I don't want to tell you on camera. Okay. So it's just, it's a process. <laughs> Some women have, have been turned on uh, knowing that I've done gay for pay porn because they consider that you're the alpha. Like not all men are created equal. You know, there's men that are just straight up bottoms and then there's the tops, but then there's rankings in the tops. Some tops will bend. I will not bend. And I've, <laughs> I'm the top of the top. Women like that. What about the risk that it poses for them? You know, it's, they could be court-martialed. They could get in a lot of trouble for this. Do you worry about that? Is that something? Oh, yeah. One of my models, in fact, one of my popular models, Bobby, Six months from being released from the Marines. Within those six months, his commanding officer found out that he had done movies with me because of a girlfriend that told his superiors about the website. And so he came to me, actually, and he said, you know, help me. <laughs> if they get hold of these movies, they're going to uh, not only dishonorably discharge me, but they're going to, you know, prosecute me. For him, it would have been all of his benefits as a Marine, because I know that he joined to, to get benefits. He joined to better his life. Bobby, he has two daughters. He had a wife at the time. Ay, ay, ay. So he really, he really, I mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it to him. So, so I took him off the website. The number one guy had like 12 movies. I took him off the website for eight weeks. And during that time is when the military was doing their investigation about him. And they had to have proof of it. And they couldn't get it, obviously, because he wasn't on there. And so they couldn't prove it. So the investigation was closed. He got his benefits, got a house. He's divorced. Still loves his daughters. Did a comeback here at the website, uh... As a sort of a reprisal, he still likes women, is with a girl now, actually, he's going to marry. And you see that in war movies, too, where you're always for the underdog and you want to see that underdog come out of that peril, you know? Because when you're in war, you know, there's always a winner and a loser, but you want to see that winner have it hard first and then win, you know? What would happen to you if the Marines found out about you being in these porn films? Well, I probably wouldn't get in trouble, but there might be an investigation, like, why am I doing this? But I really don't see a problem with it. It's just me trying to make extra money on the side. Like, being in a porn industry is not like me having sex with prostitutes. That's a different thing. 
If I did that, that's, that's a big deal. So you think if they found out, they wouldn't do anything to you? They should not. Isn't it against the rules to... Doesn't it make the Marines look bad? Not really. I don't see how that would make the Marine Corps look bad. If I went out and tried to fight someone, that makes the Marines look bad. But it's just another job out here that's somehow legal, and I should not get in trouble for that. If you sign the proper documentation, you consent to it, and the person you're doing it consents to it, and the f- person filming it consents to it, I don't see why you should get in trouble for that. You shouldn't. And I should. And I, I'm not. Do any of your fellow Marines know about this? No. Nobody. I want to keep it to myself until somebody mentions, hey, Ben, I want to do porn, and I'll be like, you know what? I got you. How do you think they would react? They'll probably be like, okay, cool, whatever. Because Marines, we've seen some fucked up shit. Like what? Nah, well, just like stuff I really don't want to talk about, but it's, it wouldn't be a big surprise. That's, that's pretty much my point. It would not be a big surprise to them. Are you worried that if people see it, they'll think you're gay? I'm not worried about it. They can think what they think. I know I'm straight. I'm not gay. You might ask, are you bi? But I'm not either. I'm just a straight guy, but I'm do- I can do gay for pay too or gay scenes. I'm paying my own bills. I'm making my money. I'm using my own body. Fuck you. Fuck off. And number two, I like it. You like doing gay for pay? Yeah. Yeah. What is it that you like about it? I broke the comfortability zone it's just like I can't believe I actually opened up to this and once I get in the mood especially after I get like a little shot from Robin I just like this is just what do you mean a little shot like drink and I just fall into it I'm just like this is just awesome there's nothing wrong with this what are your personal views on homosexuality if that's the way you are that's the way you are I really don't want to see it so much in public just because I don't want you to promote it. Um, I have a daughter, and I wouldn't want her seeing that kind of behavior. Um, If I could keep from it, I'd rather if she were going to be that, that it's naturally that's the way she is, not because she's influenced by her outside sources. I would be a little bit disappointed if she were, just because... I'm not sure if I'm going to have another one and I want to have a family. So I would be somewhat disappointed, but that's just for my own daughter. Um, It is true that gay people do recruit other people to be gay, and that's because gay people are attracted to straight people. So they... They get their best orgasms from straight people. So that's that part's true. Um, as far as me and Rob, I like hanging with him as a person just because he's, he's a fun guy. Uh, but as far as me turning to have feelings for men, I could never do that. I, I can't kiss a man if I tried. I couldn't do it blindfolded. Obviously, when I do my movies, you know, if you look at them, I don't get, I don't get satisfied. You know, the guy comes, and it's my job to make sure that he comes and gets off. And you know, I, of course, will go off sometimes after these movies, and I'll uh, watch my own movies to get off. And that's how I kind of, that's how that's how I keep my sanity uh, because. They don't want to see my penis, these Marines. They don't want to see me get off. They don't want to see me stroking myself while I'm servicing them. It really makes them uncomfortable. And that's kind of become the the standard. That, of course, makes you, do you want more in life? Is this all you want? Are you happy with this? And I think that's why I've latched onto Kat so much because Kat really gets a lot of that that Rob didn't get. Kat's able to grab all that stuff. Let's see if I can do it. <clears throat> hey, my name is Kat. How are you? Oh, wow, really? No way. Oh, my God, really? Uh, that kind of... So it's in that character. That, coupled with the look, and um, I'll show it to you. You're, you're going to be probably uh, surprised. 
I don't have a desire to be a woman. I'm just obsessed with, with straight men for some reason, and I will do just about anything to attract them. Makeup, Kardashian look with the smoky eyes. I had the whole thing. Laser removed all my hair. I have no hair. Except for my private part. But everything else is laser removed smooth. Like woman's skin. Guys tell me, it's more smoother skin than my girlfriend. And I got real hair wigs. I've got these silicone breasts that attach with medical uh, adhesive. And I call this person Kat, Katarina. She's got her own personality, her own history, her own everything, because the guys want to know about her. Put up an ad on Craigslist. Put it up there. I wasn't lying. I wasn't saying I'm a real girl. I told him, this is what you get. I got 80, 90, almost 100 responses overnight. And I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Whereas Rob Navarro, the Marine came over, sat down, got his dick sucked, got the money and left. He didn't even pay attention to you. Cat, they want to lick your ass. They want to suck your toes. They want to lick your legs. I got, I've had the bottom of my feet. It's just bizarre, the behavior that they do. So, But they freely do it, knowing that I have a penis, seeing that I have a penis, and just saying, I like it. It's hot. You're feminine enough for me that I can disregard the penis. They're sucking your cock also. Yeah. That's what's so bizarre is that, but it's a she-cock. So as long as it's a, a, a female cock, you know, they have their own penis. They know how to operate it. They know how it works. You know, they know what to do. They're not disgusted by penises. They love their own. I, every man loves his own penis. So it's not like you're disgusted by penis. So if it's surrounded by no hair, a beautiful, nice, shapely hips, some boobs, and a, and a nice, thin waist, well, that's pretty hot, actually. You know, and that's what the guy says. That's pretty hot. It's pretty. It's feminine. That's what they want. I can ha I could tape probably a thousand hot Marines who want to screw a tranny. Make it kind of like a like a Craigslist experience, you know, just four cameras. The guy walks in the door, never seen the tranny before, only photos. He walks into the room, and the cameras roll, and it what happens happens. So I am at that crossroads now, where I I'm at the stage where I've tested this enough, you know. Now I can bring it to tape. See, Rob is very inspiring. He's the man. He's the dude. He's the guy. That's why I want to keep walking with him, man. He's a millionaire. Are you serious? Oh, you know how much money he leaves on that fucking thing? Oh, my God, yeah. Rob makes, uh... He's making, in by my calculations, about, a one, I think, $1.5, $1.4 million a year from his website. That's crazy. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I'm not going to lie. But that's very, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Very, I'm very impressed. Ooh. Do you feel like he should pay you a little more? <laughs> I'm not going to ask for it until he feels right. Because yeah. so far it's been going up. And for the next one, he told me he's going to be a little higher. Mm -hmm. This one is going to probably be a grand or eight. I don't know. Mm -hmm. That's still a lot of money for me. It still helps me get through what I want to do right now because my name is eventually going to get up there. I'm still looking forward to having, you know, like girl and guy scenes because I would like definitely to go down on a girl and have her go down on me and then just destroy her on the camera. You know, that's what I want to do. And she likes it. She enjoys it too. And I enjoy it too. And the viewers enjoy the video. There you go. Everybody gets paid. <laughs> Everybody gets paid, everybody's happy. Are you the most financially successful member of your family? Yes, I am. <clears throat> and it's been a blessing because I've been able to do things for them that no one's been able to do. You know, we've gone on vacations. One was to Hawaii, I took my entire family. This nice turtle resort, turtle ranch resort that was off the coast of Oahu, beautiful place. We rented a, a condo for a week and did everything we've never done as a family. It was wonderful. My parents never really had a wedding because they couldn't afford it. <clears throat> so they never, ever had this wedding. And so, you know me, I'm like, 
let's do this, you know, family reunion thing in Hawaii and we'll get them to renew their vows. You know, it's been 50 years. We got to do something special for the 50 years, you know? And so, no, it's too expensive. And they say, well, what if all that was taken care of? And so we got, I got them all on board and I got my parents on board and we did it. It was just us kids. It was outdoors. Everybody was in tears. It was a great moment. It was worth it just for that because they, you could see everyone was just, it was happy. It was happiness. It was bliss. Bliss. I'm getting emotional about it. <laughs> but yeah, it was. <clears throat> Those are good days. Yeah. <laughs> My dad, I miss him. Anyway. Okay, so what next? <laughs> I am at a point now in my life that, and this is after uh, a little bit of therapy I had uh, after my dad died. I've come to accept my shortcomings, accept them, and realize that what I have created, this business, this thing, I was actually ashamed of. I was embarrassed by, which is why I don't tell my family, which is why I keep it from people, which is why it's this secret, which is why it's this, ooh. And I've realized that, you know what, it is a big accomplishment. Not a lot of people make that kind of money. So already you put yourself in a very different category. And you've done what your mom and dad wished you would do, and that is succeed. And they live to see it in, in just one generation. So to have those things makes me emotional. It's good. That's it for Love and Radio. Today's episode is a co-production with KCRW's Welcome to LA with David Weinberg. David, if you've been listening for a while now, is one of our favorite collaborators here at Love and Radio. You might also remember him from the episodes Another Planet and Greenberg's War. Anyway, his new podcast is called Welcome to LA, and you can find it wherever you listen to Love and Radio. I highly recommend it. This story was produced by Stephen Jackson, Julia Nitzberg, and David Weinberg. Special thanks to the magazine Animals, where Julia Nitzberg's article about gay fetish porn first appeared. Love and Radio is produced by Stephen Jackson and Julia DeWitt. We are a production of Radiotopia, whose executive producer is Julie Shapiro. Radiotopia is made possible thanks to the generous support of our listeners. Thank you. Thanks for listening.